0: Welcome to Into the Fire, I'm
1: Duncan,
2: and I'm Kate,
1: and we're here to talk about life,
2: the good, the bad, and the ugly.
1: So come join the conversation.
2: Okay, well hello everyone and welcome back to Into the Fire Today on our podcast, we've got a team of people here with us, and we're joined by Adele Richards and Lindley Allen, who've been leading our prophetic priority for Catch the Fire World, which is really exciting. And we've got several members of their team here represented who we're going to introduce you to in a few minutes. And we're so grateful that everyone's here. Thank you for being here. And you know, we're, we've been living in very interesting times at the moment. And, you know, as prophets, it's really important that we can hold firm to what God's saying and not be shipwrecked by the circumstances in our life. And particularly, it's been tricky here in the U.S. And, you know, there's been well-known prophets that have been repenting um, because of being inaccurate. And today we don't want to judge or condemn anyone because they're for the grace of God. Go I, you know, and we're open to mistakes. But we're hoping that as we are part of a community of prophets, a company of prophets, that we would be humble enough to learn from each other and be corrected. Indeed, actually, but two Chronicles twenty twenty is still the prof, uh, a promise to us. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established and believe in his prophets and you will succeed. And I think that's the thing. We don't want to overlook prophecy. Um, Prophets are a treasured member of the fivefold ministry um, giftings. And we need those in our churches. We need those in our lives, our businesses. We we need to hear the voice of God for our lives and what he's doing. But we are also sobered by the fact that prophecy, as 1 Corinthians 14, three says, is to speak to people for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. And so often we've seen a package maybe of judgment. And, you know, I always want to go back to the heart of the father and his character for us um, so that we, we stay on course and you know, we don't become the ones that are those gnarly judgmental prophets. We want to bring hope and strengthening. Not that, you know, words sometimes can be corrective and we're we're open to that, but, you know, just staying very close to listen to the Holy Spirit and particularly to know the times and seasons and the sort of words that we should be sharing, which ones to hold back. So we talk about all those things in the company of our prophets. So I hope I've whetted people's appetites today. And before I stop, and I'm going to stop soon because I want to hear from everyone today. I mentioned we have a prophetic priority in Catch the Fire. And for those of you who are not aware of this, this is based on the scripture, Acts 13, 1-3, where Barnabas and Saul were sent off um, for the work of ministry. And it says in verse 1, that there were prophets in Antioch and there's Barnabas, Simeon, who's called Niger, Lucius of Menian a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. So as you can see, there was already a group of prophets. Verse two says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Paul for the work which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And we see in there a devotion to Jesus worshiping with fasting, but also a place, a posture where the voice of God was heard. And there was a commissioning that came through the voice of the Lord. And so we realize that prophecy, prophetic ministry, the office of prophet is so important in the body of Christ but it doesn't stand alone. It's, it's in community. It's in that place of learning and growing together. And so I'm going to hand over now to Adele and um, she's going to introduce the team and we're going to hear what God has been saying for us as a movement, but you know, as sons and daughters who hear the voice of God. Thanks Adele.
3: Oh, thank you, Kate. What a total pleasure to be with you today and With all these lovely, wonderful, deep-hearted people that are with me on the screen, if you're watching or if you're listening, just imagine us as extremely good-looking, and you won't be far off. So I'm just going to ask each of us to very quickly introduce us with name, location, and what kind of prophetic community we're involved in. So I'll kick off by saying my name's Adele, I'm uh, part of Catch the Fire Bournemouth, which is in the south of England, right by the beach, although it's blowing a gale outside right now. And I have the privilege of uh, overseeing the global priorities on behalf of Duncan and Kate for Catch the Fire. I work with the glorious Lindley Allen, who you'll meet in a moment. And I also get to be a part of the British Isles Council of Profits and the European Council of Profits. So um, that's all great fun. So Linley, over to you. Thanks,
4: Adele. Thank you, Kate, for having me on the call today. Um, My name is Linley Allen. I am from Catch the Fire, Auckland here in New Zealand. And I oversee the, currently oversee the prophetic priority with Adele, which has been a lot of fun over the years. And I am part of the New Zealand Prophetic Roundtable which meets a couple of times a year, and I'm also part of a New Zealand prophetic forum, which is a relational group of prophets um, that walk together in in relationship, and we also do schools. So it is an honor to be here today, and um, I'm going to hand it to the next person.
5: I'm sure that's, that's me, but I'll go ahead. Yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> okay, I'm Patricia Bootsma, and I am down the road a bit from uh, Kate here in Raleigh. I am a Canadian, but uh, working with Catch Fire USA and helping uh, the sphere leaders for the Americas. And I'm part of the American Coalition of Prophetic Elders, which is under Cindy Jacobs. And then I used to lead, but now also just part of the Canadian Prophetic Council. So that's what I'm up to.
0: Hi, my name is Christopher. I'm uh, leading a brand new Catch the Fire Church, actually, in the south of England, in Hampshire. Um, we're less than a year old. Uh, prior to that, uh, we were leading churches for well over 20 years, full time in church leadership since 1991. But the beginning of last year, before the coronavirus hit, the Lord said to us, give up everything. Trust me. Uh, just resign, And uh, I've been teaching people for years, if you really trust God, you might have to give up everything. And he said, well, are you willing to do it? So we did it. And uh, then a few months later, he said, plants, cats, a fire, farmer, which is what we're doing now. In terms of the prophetic, we've run a prophetic school for a number of years, uh, which we've done from the churches that we lead, but also we've taken it into parts of Europe, Poland, uh, Kosovo in particular, and uh, throughout India and one or two places in Africa. So when we're allowed to travel, that's what we do.
6: Hey everybody, I'm Franklin Spence, and I lead Forerunner Ministries, which is a catch-the-fire ministry based out of Basel, Switzerland. And we actually originally planted that, my wife and I, Amy and I planted that in Canada. We had a basement revival in the church that we had started back then, and that's when Forerunner Ministries got started. We are now based out of Basel, Switzerland, And Forerunner Ministries is a a prophetic apostolic teaching ministry and uh, it's uh, it's really our heart to be able to help raise up uh, the next generation of uh, prophetic leaders. I got started uh, in the prophetic uh, actually at age 16 when the Lord spoke audibly to me for the first time. And now uh, we're able to serve the Lord here in Western Europe. I'm the uh, Western Europe Regional Leader for the Catch the Fire Network uh, Cluster Leader. And I'm also the uh, European Ambassador for the International Coalition of Prophetic Leaders.
3: Wonderful, Lois, would you like to tell us who you are and then we'll come to David. Okay, I'm um, Lois
7: Scott. And with my husband Ken, we have the privilege, uh, presently, of leading the spear in Europe for Catch the Fire. Um, we are mum and dad to a church we planted uh, over thirty-five years ago, handed on to our uh, daughter and son-in-law, and so we're mum and dad there. And um, and actually, for me in the prophetic, um, I just keep. Having these wonderful men in God, uh, prophets, Bill Hammond, John Paul Jackson, Paul Kane, separately, just laying hands on me and saying, God is, God is making you a prophet and I'm imparting to you now. And so I'm being very privileged in that way. Thank you.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm David Webster. Um, I have the privilege of uh, leading Wellspring Church, Catch the Fire in Southend-on-Sea, UK. Um, that's a church that's been uh, birthed in 2009. Uh, and prior to that, I was involved in uh, prophetic schools and leading prophetic team in other churches in the UK. Um, I've been involved in the global prophetic priority for the last six months. So I'm a relative newcomer, um, but thoroughly enjoying the the wonderful sense of uh, family and uh, love, intimacy and openness, uh, and the quality of the leadership of that particular sphere. So thank you very much, Adele and Lindley for facilitating that.
3: Wonderful. So you're in good company today and there will be a quiz at the end to see how much you remembered about those introductions with incredible prizes. I'll I'll go to Kate for the prizes. But um, this is where we really get into the meat of what we're doing today. And um, before we get started, though, I just want to come back to Kate.
2: Yeah, thank you, Adele. And thank you, everyone, just for providing that um, foundation for our listeners and, you know, to give some context that um, you're all very seasoned and you've been through years of training and application. And I think that's the main thing, isn't it? That, you know, we start off learning to prophesy, learning to hear the voice of God. But it actually takes many men and women around us to hone our gift and for then the Lord to highlight and recognize our gift. And uh, we're just so grateful to each of you for what you bring. What you bring to the Catch the Fire family and um, what you bring to the wider body of Christ, and and how that your gift has made room for you in the nations. That's just um, fantastic.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Kate. It's such a privilege to be uh, under your leadership, you and Dunk, and thank you for making space for the voice of the prophets in the movement. So, this is where we get into the meat of the meeting. And uh, we get to see how the Holy Spirit is going to unfold our time together. We've each sought the Lord. We are carrying messages from him that we're going to bring to you. But, you know, the exciting part is really seeing how the Holy Spirit weaves it together and how we just flow one to another and build upon what each other's revelations. So it's great fun. And I'm going to come to you first, Lois. And just ask that you would bring to us the message in your heart. What is the word of the Lord for us right now? Well, thank you, Adele, very much. And I would just like to say as well how much we
7: appreciate Duncan and Kate and the room they make for all of us um, in whatever it is that we we function in for the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've been particularly... um, burdened with a real sense of the need to increase our intimacy to put Jesus first to look upon him to really know him and be very close to hearing what he is saying um when we read about um the healing of naaman and elisha i've been thinking so much about the fact that elisha received a double portion from elijah and his servant Gehazi, who knows what he could have received as a prophet from the, his mentor, from the person who taught him. But when um, Naaman was healed, and Elijah, Elisha sent him away without taking a reward, Gehazi ran after him, and and took the reward and and actually lied to do so. But this thing that Elisha said to him was. Did you not know this is not the time to receive the reward? He didn't say we don't receive a reward. He didn't say we never receive a reward. He stressed the fact it wasn't the time. And I have a real, real urgent sense that we need to know the time and read the time and read the season that we're in. We can be very preoccupied, you know, with lockdown, with pandemic, with change of political leader whatever it might be but actually behind all that we are in a season where God really wants us to hear what that season is so that we may know what he's saying how we respond to it Um, and I I just I just have this urgency that we actually know him enough (laughs) to hear his voice to know what this season
5: is such a
3: true word. Thank you, Lois. And really, that is what we are seeking to unpack together today. Is you know what is the time? What are the key messages that God is releasing to us? And uh, Linley, can you talk to us about this message, the time about succession? What have you been hearing about that?
4: Thanks, Adele. The
3: succession is the Joshua, the
4: the the analogy of Joshua following Moses, and that the Joshuas in this time, the ones who have been sitting in sonship under the Moses, under the uh, in the um, in the presence of their spiritual fathers, the Joshuas are now going to rise and take their place because there's a succession of leadership, and the Lord is saying that that He is taking. Um, he is t- taking the the established leaders um, at this point to extend their tent pegs and to, to go to a greater level of influence within the globe. And I see um, that uh, there is going to be a... A cross pollination of the apostles um, and the leaders within movements, the seniors, seniority of of movements are going to build a new uh, sense of relationship and, and friendship and intimacy where there is going to be a cross pollination. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, tell the Joshuas, as I was was with Moses, I will be with you. There is a passing of the the spiritual anointing um, from the the leaders to the the rising um, successes. And so I'm seeing a synergy. And I heard the Lord say, it's not the orphans that are going to take the place. It's the actual Joshuas. It's the ones with sonship in their heart that have served the fathers.
3: Wow. So we need to watch out for those times when it, it's time to pass on and when it's time to recognize that you are the Joshua and to step into that. I know, Christopher, you've heard something similar. Can you just release that to us now? Thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Adele. And, and thanks, Lindley, for what you were saying there. And actually, as you were sharing it a memory came back to me of what my mentor uh, in the prophetic a guy called Ken McGreevy who went to be with the Lord many years ago an amazing prophet he had a picture that he gave to me of of how we should be mentoring the Joshuas and he said we should be climbing up a staircase holding their hand leading them up the staircase which is about going up to the presence he said but there reaches a point where we're hand in hand next to each other but we have to as leaders recognize that the Joshuas go further than us they go faster than us They've got more energy than us and they drag us up the staircase and we have to be leaders that allow them to do that and i think this is one of those seasons and i'd forgotten about that until you were just speaking but what i felt the lord was saying as i was seeking him was that joshua in the book of joshua chapter 5 verse 15 uh, joshua is seeking the lord for what for breakthrough and strategy to do with jericho but the lord says to him take off your sandals you're on holy ground And it's about purity releases power. And God was more interested in the state of his heart than he was in giving him a divine uh, strategy for breakthrough. He got that as well, but he had to seek the Lord first. It had to be about putting the Lord first. And we've got to come back to our first love. And I really feel in this season what the Lord is saying, it seems almost too obvious to say but the letter to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2 You've forgotten your first love. And and I think there's a big thing about that. that The Lord is saying at the moment, come back to your first love, fall in love with Jesus again. It's all about him. We've been spending so much time seeking him for words about, you know, how do we get through this season? The rest of it. And he's saying, seek me, seek me. It's all about my presence. Then that stuff will come as well. But it's about falling in love with Jesus again in this season.
3: Oh, amen. If you're listening, you're you're missing a lot of heads nodding, a lot of people amening that call back to the first love. Patricia, I know this is a message that resonates with you. Can you just speak to us
7: out yeah.
5: on that? Absolutely. I, I do believe that if you're going to say a theme verse, and in my opinion for, for COVID is Haggai 2, which is that the hev- yet, yet once more I'll shake the heavens and the earth that they would what come to the desire of all nations, and that is a thing is that the sh- you know the great shaking unto a great awakening that us engaged in love with him, but also the nations and many coming to him. So I believe that that's um, that's something that's happening right now. And I had this dream, a uh, number of dreams, but one of them was where I was with a bunch of prophets. We were in this room auditorium. Cindy Jacobs was there and, and she was um, saying something, whatever. But then all of a sudden it's like an earthquake was uh, you know, happening. The whole building was shaking. The auditorium where we were, we had to get out and go to a different venue. And which we were doing, we were shifting into a different venue. And um, anyway, I saw Mike Bickle in the dream, by the way, but he was smiling through it all. And I kind of look at him as like end times, but I woke up with these clear words resounding in my heart. And it was this, the focus of the prophets needs to change. There are more shakings come coming, look up. And, and I just knew the Lord was saying that it was time for us to stop looking at what was wrong. And I'm not saying that there aren't things wrong because there are the deep darkness covers the earth, Isaiah 60, but what's God up to? That's, I think the big gold right now is for us to see what God is up to. And, um, you know, uh, Lynn was sharing, Lynn Lee was sharing before we went live here about things that are happening there in terms of the move of God, even this past weekend, Phenomenal things happening in Dallas, where I was with a group of leaders. It really felt like early days revival in Toronto, which, you know, was there for that. But then also a friend of mine, Mobile, Alabama, she's, uh, her is the mayor of the city. Anyways, he repented, Sean Foyt is there. I mean, they're going into extended meetings, thousands last night of young people, ran forward to get saved. They put up a, a, t- a, a pool in the back of a pickup truck and baptized them all. So it's, it's time for us to see that, you know, God is really up to something phenomenal. And, uh, you know, there's, there's more to say, but I would just also like to add this for the Church of Jesus Christ, that I believe that uh, in one word, one of the things that he's been saying to us through this season is, if, if anything, I'll put it one more depth, depth, is the Lord is saying, go deep, go deep in the word, go deep in your time with me. And you're honing uh, the presence, the anointing. It's, it's not so much about achievement you know, and accumulation. It is about, it's about a maturity. It's about depth. So I believe that's part of it. And I don't know if I'm three minutes or just, I had a dream last night. I woke up with this, with the, it was underground, all this stuff underground. We were with, it was really the underground church. And I felt like we were uh, protected as well in the dream. There's like this military presence, something like that. But I felt like the Lord's saying that we can learn from the underground church. We can learn from the persecuted church. I was on a phone call last week with the Chinese from mainland China. And I just felt like I'm so humbled. I'm so humbled by what they're walking through and saying, oh, God, would you please make me more mature like them? You know, as they are just, you know, going after him in in the midst of this great uh, awakening and um, I just want to add one other thing I feel like the Lord's saying that it's time to buy land if you have if you can if you're in a there's something about land houses properties there's going to be a great uh, by the way Haggai too also says the, where the Lord says the silver is mine and the gold is mine there's a great transference of wealth from the world into the church and there's something about us being able to buy land and it goes on to say the glory of the latter house is greater than the former so over to you Adele wonderful oh patricia you've given us so many
3: amazing things to unpack there i don't know where to go next Uh, i i could see here if you're listening again heads nodding about the buy land just give me a little show of hands if you've heard god say about buying land yeah there's hands going up and that's that's been a theme so you know just weigh that and go to the lord and ask If that's for you, there's a theme of maturity that I would like to speak into at some point. There's a theme of coming up higher, which I know David uh, is carrying. There's a theme of fruitfulness, which Franklin is carrying. But I'm just gonna come back to Linley really to jump back in off what Patricia was saying about the shaking, great shaking leads to great awakening. And please tell us what's been happening.
4: So, um, just recently, um, I've just been ministering. Uh, we have the freedom to be able to minister at the moment, which is amazing. In uh, travel within our nation, and I was at a conference. Actually, it was called Awakening Conference. Um, but a part of the Word of the Lord um, that I got for this for the season of time is Ephesians five fourteen. Wake up, sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you and I heard the Lord say that he is he is calling out in his spirit for his church to wake up and of course you know that was originally written to the Ephesians which were believers not unbelievers um, and that there is an awakening um, in the hearts that is going to burn uh, the embers brighter than, than, than has been. And I just felt like the Lord has also said that there is an awakening of the church outside of the organized church that that he is calling them to come back out into the light and to be seen and there's something about the we're going to start to see uh, fires of awakening happening um, throughout where there's there is going to be such a um, an increase of the fire of awakening and um, I was at a conference this past weekend and um, had an incredible encounter uh heavenly encounter and uh, which I won't go into but the product of that was um the glory of the Lord um when I was ministering um was was that of the days of when I was in Toronto and people were just on their faces, they were weeping, and there was, you know, just, and so I feel like there is something that is happening at the moment that we can align with, and press into the, like Patricia was saying, go deep in the anointing, go back to that secret place of God, seek that presence to come upon you, and move through you, when you because I just, I just really sense that this is a wave that's already started. It's here now. It's available now. The increase is here now. So yeah, and um, and I also, just wanted to say in reference to what Patricia was saying about um, maturing, that a catch a fire. You know, we want to raise and are, are doing our best to raise prophets that bring the word of the Lord with accuracy from a foundation of love and mature character. And it's so important um, to, to, to bring um, the presence of the Lord with your word because the, I just sense that, you know, well, in my heart really, in our heart is that to raise people that can bring the word and the spirit that walk in the word of the Lord and the and the encounter as well so um the maturing um part of that right now is going to be vitally important
2: wow thank you lindley um i just love the stirring of the waters as the prophets come together um we we got mentored by a prophet uh, when when we were in our early uh, late 20s actually and he very much would say, "Okay, as we come together, let the school of the prophets begin." And there was something about an equipping and a training that comes as as we release the words of life. And um, you know that's that's our main function as prophets to equip the church for the work of ministry. And um, so often I just feel like I'm being equipped, just listening to you. my My spirit is getting excited and resonating with um, the Word of the Lord. Um, I just wanted to um, go back to a word that the Lord gave me at the end of last year. And I, and I think it really is about this repositioning, this shaking. Um, he, he said it's about faith and fire. And my people need to carry both faith for the supernatural, faith for the impossible over their circumstances. But they need to carry the fire of God. And Lindley, you were saying that, you know, we can't just speak about the fire of God. We can't just speak about the awakening. We have to be the ones that are carriers, that we are the awakened ones. We are the fiery ones. We're the ones pressing in, going deeper, as Patricia was saying. We're the ones that are seeing what God wants to do in this season. And I really felt that, yes, if we're not exampling what that looks like, then forget it. We're just a lot of gas going into the air and um that the other word that the lord um spoke to me was momentum and i felt like that was a partnership with the holy spirit but actually stewarding what the holy spirit was asking us to do in this season and with the little that we can offer in some circumstances and you know lindley you are fully open as a nation no masks except for travel, we are meeting at a reduced capacity. And then some of my friends on this screen haven't met in a year. And so I just felt like God hasn't changed his mind in terms of who we are and what we're called to do. And and I just felt um, that we needed to ask the Holy Spirit, what does momentum look like in my life and in my ministry? Whether we are ministering in church or we have a role within a a Christian ministry or church, or whether we are in the marketplace being salt and light and a city on the hill. What does momentum look like? And feeling as leaders that leaders need to lead in difficult times as well as good times. And as we study the scriptures about leaders leading during wartime, they have a different purpose. And so I feel like keeping the momentum going of where the Holy Spirit wants to take us and not being blindsided by all these other things, either in politics or the health of the nation, that can so easily distract us from Jesus and his way. So I just wanted to add that piece too that, you know, some of you listening and watching, that these words are ministering deep to you and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to, to awaken within you your spirit for what he has for
3: you. Thanks. Yes, thank you, Kate. That's such rich words and, and I can feel my spirit really being stirred on this call. So Christopher, won't you just stoke the fire a little bit and then we'll, we'll hear from some others we haven't heard from yet.
0: Thanks, Adele. I just want to jump on the back there of what uh, Lindley and Kate were saying about the presence and the fire of the presence. And one of the things that I felt the Lord's been saying to me over the last few months, actually, is, is about tending the fire. Uh, and and you know, I've been looking at the story of Moses a lot over the last few months. And Moses' encounter with God starts in a fire in a bush, and it was quite small. Uh, by the time he's leading the children of Israel into the, the, the wilderness, it's a column of fire. And then eventually it's a whole mountain that's on fire. And we're supposed to see an increase in the fiery presence Of God. And my sense as I've been really seeking the Lord is that actually what's happened, particularly amongst charismatics around the world, is that we say we're all about the presence, but actually there's a part of us that is more about what God can do for us than who He is. And I love healings, I love miracles, I love signs and wonders, and I chase after them. And we must never stop chasing after them, but we must seek Him first and my sense is that in this season God is saying to the church there's there's been a problem that we've been seeking him for what he can do for us rather than seeking him for his own sake and if you just want to sort of root that in scripture look at Exodus 33 verses 2 and 3 where the Lord through Moses says um, I will send an angel ahead of you into the land of promise and I'll drive out the residence there you will go into a land flowing with milk and honey he says you get the promises but he says these terrible words, but I will not go with you. And, and Moses says, well, you know, but later on in that chapter, if you don't go with us, don't take us from this place of adversity. Don't take us from this place of suffering. Do not take us away from this wilderness experience unless you go with us. And so he says, it's all about the presence. And so you know, God leads them to the edge of the promised land. And that's where the Joshua's get raised up and they take them in, he takes them into the, the fullness of the promises of God but with the presence. And I feel the Lord is saying to the church in this season, I'm giving you a choice. You can have my presence, or you can have my promises. And the reality is if we truly seek the fire of his presence, we get the promises as well. And I think that's where the momentum comes in. Leaders have got to start really pressing in themselves, teaching their people to do it, not living life on hold for when the lockdown is over, but saying we're going to go up the mountain, we're going to seek the face of the Lord, we're going after the fiery presence like never before, then we'll get the promise as well. But as long as we're not just seeking him for the promises, we've got to seek him for his presence.
5: Oh,
3: glorious. I'm going to quote something that one of our prophets here in Bournemouth said in our meeting last night, a wonderful, amazing young prophet called Hannah. And she said, God is lonely for us to be including him in our lives and to know that his gifts are nowhere near as good as him. And I wrote that down because I was just like, his gifts are nowhere near as good as him I'm going to cheekily jump to Lois Got although David and Franklin we are just wetting our appetite for what you're going to bring in a moment but if anyone carries the fire of God the glory of God a woman who has soaked in the presence of Jesus it's Lois if she could wrote, read a phone book and you would feel the anointing but Lois pray yeah. for us prophesy over us <laughs> Read the phone book for a few moments. We just want to really oh, go with what the Holy Spirit's releasing right now.
7: You know, um, thank you, Adele. I, I just love the affirmation of Catch Fire. I, I, I love the encouragement. I love the way that people support one another. There is a family there And it's, it's an encouragement to actually expound in the gift. But to be quite honest, you know, um, at the moment, I do have something really in my heart. It began on our European retreat. And it was just the openness, the honesty, the vulnerability. You know, I shared on, the, on, on there how when we humble ourselves to confess our failings, our faults to one another, then the Lord promises our prayers are dynamite. And um, I I, I have always struggled since we had a stillbirth um, and I nearly lost my life with having to have medical procedures. So um, I was was going towards one this week and the Lord really spoke to me. But I I think it's a word for us all in the church and Kate said it. It's fire and faith. And I think God wants us as a movement to move into a position of faith that is unwavering. And that's what the Lord has been challenging me on, that, that we, have, we have faithful moments and we have faithful things that come about in our lives. But, but God took me to James uh, chapter one, and it's that confident faith without doubting. And, and then it goes on to say, um, if you believe one minute but doubt the next, you're as unpredictable as a rough sea tossed about by the wind. And and I, I, I really believe that, that in all the process we're in, and the season that we're talking about, God is saying, I don't want a movement. I don't want a prophet. I don't want a person that's tossed about by the wind that we have the fire but the but the enduring faith god wants us to to walk in is a faith that ends with the promise that says you will receive anything from the lord when you are in that condition and that anything from the lord we want awakening we want revival we want our cities changed we want our nations changed god came for the changing of, it came for nations, um, and and God wants to give us nations. God wants us as a movement to see whole nations, whole continents turned upside down. That he wants to take us from little pockets of, of what he wants to do, and he wants to strengthen that faith in us so it's no longer a visitation but a habitation. So we're strong enough to hold what God actually wants to send to us, so so, yes, I really feel that God is God is asking us for a measure of unwavering faith, which I think, you know, um, you know, faith comes, faith comes by hearing and the word. And that's already been said uh, tonight. Uh, I think it was Lindy, some, you know, that in knowing him, we need to know his word because then faith will come. Then our prayers will be answered. And it says anything, anything that we're asking the Lord for in that that position of faith, God can then shake our cities and nations. Thank you.
3: (laughs) Oh, yes. Thank you, Lois. Thank you so much. David Webster, please, would you release the part that you're carrying god's calling us deeper he's calling us higher he's calling us to a greater measure of faith yeah what's yeah. the part it's, you have for us
1: and it, well it's a call following on from lies it's a call from um comfort and provision in the valley floor where we may be experiencing a, a measure of revival a measure of his presence but it's a call up into higher ground in this season. Um, That is like Chris and and others have been sharing. It's a call essentially into intimacy and to gazing upon his face, isn't it? It's a call into just gazing into his eyes and being with him, um, waiting before him, receiving his counsel, uh, because this is all to do with the preparation um, for us to be ready for him to say go. And like Lois was saying, there, there, is, there is a. It's really important that we are hearing the when, uh, that we're close enough to know that, yeah, yeah. it's now. Um, but that comes out of living in this higher place, abiding in this higher place in intimacy. Uh, it doesn't come from just going up higher for a period of revelation for what we want answers to. It comes from an abandonment into living with Him, doesn't it? And from that higher place, then I believe he's calling us to um, fresh vision and fresh perspective from that place so that we're not looking at a place beneath us, but we're, we're looking from a high place. And that's the place, really, we're going to stand strong, as, as, as we've been hearing, stand strong in the midst of what clearly is uncertainty, chaos, fear, confusion. The Lord is asking for us to become an unshakable church, isn't he? And uh, I think it goes without saying that we're not through this. We're not out of the woods, are we? There, there's financial uh, stuff to come. There's psychological stuff to come. Who knows what else is coming? But as we abide with him, his promise, I believe, is that we will um, receive fresh authority and vision. And authority only comes from that place of abiding. And this is all to do for me, what, what he's said to me is that as we go up the mountain, um, Isaiah 40, verse 9, get thee up into a high mountain. He spoke to me out of the King James for some reason. And it's as we go up the mountain um, that uh, we come to a place not only of intimacy, but we come to the place of proclamation. The mountain in Isaiah 49 is a place of proclamation. And at some point, uh, and, yeah, we need to be sensitive, but at a at some point he will say go, and we need to be able to release his voice. Um, so uh, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful voice that gets released. And the context, just to finish, the context of Isaiah 40 is all about the Lord coming Himself, not a move taking place, but it's the presence of the Lord Himself coming. Yes. Um, And he's coming in incredible majesty and uh, as a victorious warrior, he's also coming uh, with the heart of a father and the heart of a shepherd. So I think it's, you know, it's wonderful what he has in store for us.
3: Yes, I've, I've been back in John 15 myself, abide in the vine. And, you know, what is the difference between success and and fruitfulness? How does God define that? You know, we can't do anything apart from him. Frankly. and I know that you've been in that place too, considering fruitfulness. Please, will you share your part?
6: well thanks adele uh, and thanks for letting me uh, come on this roundtable discussion this has been so amazing and i just wanted to follow up with uh, what many people were talking about particularly in this great shakening leads to great awakening and uh, and yes uh, i've been in the same you know we've been in john 15 uh now for a number of months and um actually we we've been in a place of just deep, deep intercession over the global church, crying out, you know, up in the night, crying out to God. I haven't been through this in a long, long time. And um, that, uh, that this is such, you know, it doesn't look like this on the surface, but this is such an important time spiritually. And, you know, I, I, I don't think it's like this movement that's to come. It's already started. It's already here. It's already happening. And, uh, you know, we, we are experiencing people here in our ministry who, who are having massive glory encounters with the Lord. Uh, the power and the presence is increasing. And um, it is a powerful, powerful time. But it looks the opposite in the natural And uh, you know when we come back to this uh, this uh, shaking to awakening you know the Lord has described it to me in a similar way but using different words which was uh, that this is a season of pruning but that the season of pruning which is all about John 15 uh, the pruning is the setup for fruitfulness or you could say awakening and uh, you know for for us the reason why we are crying out to the Lord in this in this time is because we feel like there's a just a very short window for this fruitfulness to take a hold. Um, and so we are just really feeling that actually this is a time for repentance to the Lord, that he has needed to come to prune us to prune our meetings. Uh, and. Um, Because what he prunes is what he's wanting to prosper in the next season. It's what he's wanting to grow. It's what he's wanting to increase in fruitfulness. And, you know, leading up before the lockdown, uh, we were talking a lot about uh, the billion soul harvest. And when, uh, you know, when we've come to 2020, and many people have prophesied 2020 was uh, the beginning of this. And on the surface, it looked like the total opposite our meetings get shut down. But when you look at it through a different set of eyes through john 15 and the pruning that the pruning is the setup for fruitfulness, and he prunes what he wants to increase and grow and become more fruitful, it makes absolute perfect sense. Our meetings have gotten pruned because he wants our meetings to become more fruitful. And but this opportunity to get into alignment you know it's like it's like the lord is positioning us and preparing us in this time and uh many of you have talked about um you know having only eyes for the lord and uh and you know we've been hearing the same sort of thing in a different way it's like get your eyes off of what's happening on the world uh it's there's like distraction central right now from everything from viruses to lockdowns to politics to everything else. But you know what, none of that matters in comparison to what is the Lord doing. And we just feel like he's trying to hand us a billion soul harvest on a silver platter, if we can align ourselves with what he is doing right now. Um, But if we position ourselves like Okay, let's just hunker down, wait out the lockdown, and then we're going to return to normal. Wrong, wrong, wrong perspective altogether, because it's failing to see that God is at work now. He's at, he's doing stuff right now, amazing stuff right now, and this is like, uh, this is the setup for blessing, uh, if we can align with Him. But you cannot have an increase of fruitfulness and still stay the same you know, we have to come out of lockdown or pruning or shaking, however you want to describe it. We have to come out of this transformed. We have to, if we don't come out of this transformed, we are going to miss the blessing that's uh, that's coming. And so that's, that's why we are absolutely crying out for the global church right now. Uh, get aligned with the Lord. Don't come out of this the same.
3: Thank you, Franklin. Thank you so much. Thank you for praying for us all. Patricia.
5: Yeah, you know, uh, on the theme of fruitfulness, John 15, faith, all these things, I, I really feel to share a message that the Lord's been speaking to me about is about Sabbath rest. You know, before COVID hit, I was zipping everywhere. And yes, it would take a day off, but not really, because that's the day I got up my laundry and, you know, went shopping and And it's like the Lord began to convict me about the fact that this is the fourth. It's right up there. It's one of the commandments right up there with murder. Do not murder. And so as I really um, delved into it, studied it, started to live it, I just want to say I believe that the Lord is saying to his people, take Sabbath rest there's different Sabbaths, one in seven, and then there's, you know, the land and all that one in seven years. But as I've started to do this, not have my phone on, my phone's off, computer's off, I'm not going shopping. I am doing one of three things generally is more time in the word, a time with the Lord, family, more time with family, uninterrupted, and nature, just hikes, beauty of creation, all that. Honestly, I have found my dream life has come back. I'm dreaming almost every night. I have found that I'm getting into the rhythm, the rhythm of the divine way more than I had before and just finding more prosperity. And I'm like, I, you know, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I live this 30 years ago? You know, it's just like, I think we've nullified the Sabbath and saying all oh, the Pharisees, you know, Jesus never did away with the Sabbath. He just said the Sabbath was made for man. It's made for us, not you know and so so in other words uh and just super quick in america there's like two that i can think of is chick-fil-a and hobby lobby closed on sundays take themselves out of the market one day out of seven and if you look at that they are building like hobby lobby surpasses every other craft store chick-fil-a outsells every other fast food chain per restaurant in all of America. They're ridiculously blessed and they're only operating six out of seven. So I feel like there's a message here and it's faith. It's faith. Because as you look at Hebrews three, Hebrews four entered the rest, you know, Bob Jones, he prophesied in 2009 that the 2020s were going to be a decade of the rest of God. Who knew we were going to be thrown into a pandemic, but there's something about rest where it's, it's, it's humility. It's not me to run around doing more, doing more, doing more. It's me to get into the rhythm of God do what he tells me to do. Don't what he don't do what he's not telling me to do and watch him prosper it. So, uh, and just end with this on Friday morning. Um, I was actually, you know, ridiculous flying to Dallas in the midst of a chaos that was in Dallas. And it was beautiful snow by the way. But before I left, I was awakened at about midnight to literally the side of my bed depressed. Like somebody was sitting on my bed. I, that woke me. I, I looked and of course there was nobody sitting on that on the side of my bed, but I felt this overwhelming presence. It was like an angel. I'm not sure if it was, I don't know, Jesus or an angel. I didn't see it with my natural eyes, but I felt the depression in the bed go down. Overwhelming presence, a few things about the prophetic, but then he said this, and this is so funny, hear ye, hear ye. And if you look in the New King, uh, old King James, there is times, hear ye makes basically means pay attention. And he just said this, Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And I just... I had goosebumps all over. I was just like, oh. And um, this is onto on his return. And I don't know how many of you know that the global Jewish population all over the world on Sunday declared a cry, a global cry for the Messiah to come. Anyways, all of this shaking and all of this intimacy and all of this, it's onto ultimately that he's coming. And the global church will cry, come, Jesus, come. Wow, that's amazing.
3: Christopher, you wanted to jump in there?
0: Yeah, just a very quick thought, and it it does very much come back on what uh, Patricia was just saying there. Uh, What the Lord said to me in December 2019, uh, as I was just seeking him over the Christmas break, before any of us knew what was going to happen in 2020, he said to me, son, you've worked really hard, you've understood how to do church, but do you want to see how I do it? And that's what led me to resign from a church I've been leading for 16 years, a step of obedience when Jesus says, do you want to see how I do it? And I feel that's a word is releasing to leaders around the world. Do you want to see how I do it in this season? Do you want to see how I do life? Do you want to see how I do leadership? Do you want to see how I do church? And, and things cannot be the same. They should not be the same because we, we've constructed church and it's looked good. But I think in this t- season, Jesus is saying, do you want to see how I do it? <laughs>
3: Yes we do is the answer and uh, I'm just going to jump in off that comment Christopher with a few thoughts that God's been and speaking to me and and I've been reflecting on the the British British Isles Council of Prophets word for the year and I contributed to part of it myself and there was this this thing about 2020 being the disruption of activities but 2021 being the disruption of structure And and yet 2021 is a year of building. It's a building year. It's a year of construction. And and so we have these two things happening, old structures, not functioning, not working. And let's not try and make them work. Let's just allow that to be of the old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. But then the new structure and, and, you know, within Catch the Fire and other things, I have Uh, responsibilities where I'm looking to build and I was sitting with God the other day and I was like God it's a building year but I can't see the blueprint like I can't see the end from the beginning I want to build I'm ready to build it's a building year and and then he said oh but I'm doing the building I was like oh I see it is a building year but God is doing the building and yes, he works through us, but there's something sovereign happening. There's a different way of approaching things. And to me, I just keep coming back to Psalm 127 unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And there is something about that rest that Patricia's talking about. You know, when they built Solomon's temple, it was in a holy hush, there were no hammers or chisels or sounds of rock being cracked open within that sacred space it was all brought in in this holy hush and there's a god is building in the fear of the lord and it it doesn't we're not building as we've built in the past i think there's speaking for myself has been a lot of presumption there's a lot of i can do this i know how to do it i'll just get on and you know get on with it myself and yet it's a sense of we can't see the end from the beginning yet. And and Lois started with this question of what time is it? We've got to know the time. And I've heard other intercessors, even this week, saying they've heard God say to them, ask me what time is it? And we've got to get in line with God's timing. And yet it's a year of obscurity. It's like we're surrounded in mist And we can't quite see where we're going. And and so to me, what God is saying is just take each next step. It's a stepping stone through the mist. Um, Just in faith, take the next step. And we're going to see God while we're walking in faith like that, creating God made structures that when he reveals them, I think we're going to be amazed at what he's been doing. And uh, one of the things that he's, he's just released to me that I found helpful is that as I was praying about this, God, I want to build, you know, I want to see the structures from heaven come. I saw these tents come down from heaven, like just ordinary two-person, four-person tents. And I was looking at them and, and God was just highlighting to me, you know, a tent is mobile, it's, it's portable, it's flexible, it's not permanent, it's good for now but you don't have to make a monument out of it. Just use it for a temporary thing and then and move on. And I feel like maybe for leaders listening or watching, as you're looking to move into the new with God and not just stick with the old stuff, but not quite able to yet see the end from the beginning, the full blueprint, just be aware. God may be releasing to you temporary structures, temporary ways of doing things, temporary leadership, temporary approaches and he may not be ready to reveal the full picture. So I just found that personally quite useful in navigating this system. I'm going to come to Linley, and then and I'm going to hand back to Kate to end us.
4: Really want to affirm what you're saying, Adele. And uh, you know, I know that offline we've had some conversations around you know we know that it's a time of building but we just don't see the strategies yet um i want to show you a sticky note and for those of you who are listening to the podcast um you're not going to be able to see this but about a month ago the lord said out of the blue he said you're in day 2 and i'm like well, what what the heck does that mean you know and then um i came home and wrote this day 1 is death day 2 is waiting and day 3 is fire and um we're in day two, the times and the seasons that, that Lois was talking about. Um the Lord's just been saying, you know, when when Jesus died on the cross, that was the that's day one, then the, the, the tomb, the time of waiting, and n- nothing's happening. Day two is the tomb, and then day three is the resurrection fire, you know. And um what happened in The hearts of the disciples on day two is where we're at right now. It's deep searching, you know. Are we going to believe what he said? We don't understand, but we believe. And, you know, all that we put our hope in and put our faith in and our focus on is dead. And that's unexpected. You know, it's unexpected. And so it's a it's the internal journey right now of day two that I think that we're in, but coming as day three when resurrection power comes so i just wanted to add that so um that might just bring a bit of context but i'm going to stick that sticky note back up but above my computer because i look at it all the time to remind me to wait yeah thank
3: you Oh, Kate, you're gonna have trouble now because i want to start talking about resurrection life and you need to end the podcast but yes lindley that is so profound there is A revelation of Jesus as the resurrection, resurrection life that I believe He's coming, a measure of the fullness. All of this is unto something, as Franklin was saying. It's not just pruning for the sake of it, but there is going to be such a release of resurrection life coming to us. So that's all I'm going to say right now. But Kate, thank you so much for the privilege of this time. And it's been really rich.
2: It really has, Adele. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today and all those that have contributed with the words. I feel like my spirit is soaring. And hopefully those of you who are watching and listening feel the same. God has really been encouraging us today, strengthening us. And, you know, we feel so privileged that we get to partner with Jesus. He doesn't leave us alone as orphans, but he comes to us and he works with us. He speaks to us. He wants that divine romance in our lives. And so we, we take everything that we've heard and we, and we let it sink in. And, you know, I think you're going to agree with me, those that have been listening and watching, that you can just allow the Holy Spirit to water those words and, and let them grow in you today. Pray into them don't be discouraged by what you see with your natural eyes but look higher look to Jesus and and as we leave today we just each of us we just agree that the Holy Spirit will accomplish all that concerns you and all that he's called you to in this year where it feels like we're just going with the flow with him um Duncan and I love downhill skiing and there's an element of of adventure, but there's a lot of surprise. You don't know if you're gonna um, find a mogul or a patch of snow that throws you off. You know, sometimes we feel a little bit like we're out of our depth and being thrown off, but God is so faithful to us. And so everyone who's watching and listening, may you know that God is faithful. He is taking you by the hand and downhill skiing with you on that great adventure called life and his plan is that you go with joy and peace and know his heart of love for you and that he is going to work out all things for his good so we're so excited about what God is doing yes very uncomfortable but you know God can see the end he knows where the end of the race is So with that, we just wanna thank everyone and may the Lord bless you and continue to speak to each of you and give you his peace.